Yate. Welcome everyone to episode 26 of Res Metal Podcast. On this episode, I talked to Tribal Kills, who are from the White Mountain Apache Tribe in White River, Arizona. I talked to members Daryl and Quentin. Daryl is the guitarist, vocalist, and Quentin is the bassist and vocalist. Uh, I recently saw Tribal Kills at the Alien 710 Fest in Galveston, Mexico. So I'm really glad I was able to connect with them and to get to know them on this podcast. We talk about the formation of Tribal Kills, some of their early inspirations, and we also talk about how they, you know, continue to play metal and White River, uh, which, you know, doesn't have the support um, like the Navajo tribe does here. Um, but, you know, really thankful I was able to talk to them um, and uh, to be able to share their music with everyone. Be sure to follow them on their social media pages, Facebook and Instagram, but also check out the Reverb Nation page and download their EP, Calamity. I'll be playing tracks from that EP, Fire in the Sky, and End Times. It's really heavy, groovy. You'll be banging your head and wanting to hear what's next from Tribal Kills. Also, stay tuned after the interview. I'm going to pay respects to Joey Jordison, so stay tuned for that. All right, check out some Tribal Kills and uh, the interview with Tribal Kills. I'm here with uh, Tribal Kills from White River. Um, how are you guys doing? We're doing pretty good. You know, we're just uh, hanging out, enjoying the weekend. Awesome. Where are you guys at right now? Uh, we're actually in my buddy's ride. Uh, we're parked right here in town. Just, you know, we're just cruising around a little bit. Okay. Uh, getting ready for this interview. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, just I've been reaching out to bands just locally just you know get into no bands and you know also for other people to get to know the bands um would you mind uh just introducing uh the two of you okay so once again uh, my name is daryl i play the guitar and travel kills and i write most of the music for travel kills uh, we also have another individual whose name is Joe, but he couldn't be here right now. He's not feeling so well. So, where um, where are you guys from? Uh, we're, so we're from where Arizona. You know, we're um, from the White Mountain Apache Reservation. That's you know, that's where we're from. We're Apache. Yeah. And um, how long have you guys been part of Tribal Kills? Man, at least ten years. Yeah, it's been over 10 years. You know, we've had like different iterations of the name. Uh, 
We used to be called Nameless Thoughts. Uh, Blood Fall. Yeah, we actually had t-shirts made that one time. But, you know, we, we changed the name to the Travel Kills, and that kind of just sort of it just stuck, you know. So that's what we went with. Um, we've known each other, yeah, more than 10 years. We've been playing together. So we've, we've been around. Awesome. And before Travel Kills, how long have you guys, you know, just been playing music? Um, I've been playing music like, uh, since like middle school, you know, like, like taking band classes and stuff like that. Um, uh, but like, as far as playing the guitar goes, I didn't really kick in until like my teens. Um, so, you know, once I started getting into playing the guitar, it was, I was a nerdy guy, so I impressed the girls. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, um, I, but, you know, really fell in love with it. So, plus my dad was a guitar player. So, so um, that's where my background comes from. Yeah, I didn't really play bass when I was in high school. I, was, I pretty much just dropped out of school and did my own thing. But with singing and vocaling, I always had a passion for that. I always did that on my own time. And once the band started, that's when Joe and Daryl started showing me more about you know, bass and guitars and drums and all that. So yeah, that's, that's my background. Okay. And, um, who, uh, who initially like thought of the idea of starting travel kills or, you know, the bands so, before um, travel kill. I'll, I'll let Quentin tell the story here. Um, <laughs> my cousin, she asked her, asked me if I had a band or had friends and everything. So I told her, you know, see you guys on top of my head. Cause then we, she was planning like a big old, concert or something at Honda Casino. So I went to our one of our old friends, asked him if he knew anybody, and that's who showed me Daryl. And then Daryl and that person mentioned Joe, so we went to him and we all talked about it and pretty much just played together for the first time. We didn't really talk. We just kind of finally first time meeting each other. We knew of each other but we didn't know each other. And <laughs> our first band practice, I was like Facing the wall, singing because I didn't want them to see my facial expressions and everything. So um, yeah, we used to jam. Uh, you know, my dad had this shack behind his house that we would uh, set our gear up in, and uh, we had like a little PA. You know, we would like we did a lot of uh, Metallica and Corn stuff. You know, just playing some of the staples. And uh, but yeah, it was kind of funny. It took it took quite a while to really <laughs> had confidence enough to turn around. But that, that was kind of funny for for a while there. Um, nice. so that's kind of like the history uh that's how it started you know over the years we actually um so we're currently a three-piece band we've been a three-piece band for quite a few years now uh we're um the drum machine band as some people know us because we don't actually have a real drummer um it's, it's really hard to find a drummer around here who's uh who can play you know our stuff isn't complicated overly complicated but there's a lot of double bass work in some of it but it's hard to find a drummer who can do that um and who can be uh reliable that's the big thing is finding reliable people around here so um so anyway uh we, at one point we were a full five-piece band we had a lead guitar player um we had a drummer you know but um over time you know uh the reliable you know, the reliability issues started, you know, uh, showing up. So eventually we just became a three piece. 
did you guys start out in um white river uh yeah yeah okay what what's the what was the the metal music scene like in white river when you guys first started so there wasn't much of a metal scene at first um uh, there was a band uh, that our bass player one of our bass players joe uh, he's the other singer, but he was part of a, um, it's like a gospel rock band or a gospel metal band. Yeah. yeah. So that was kind of like the scene, but there wasn't too much. I mean, uh, what's big here in White River is uh, country bands and um, gospel bands, you know, so, so metal is a very uh, isolated um, scene here, you know, it's mostly, back then it was mostly limited to just like, you know, people's, uh, shacks their houses you know wherever basically we could find a gig where the cops couldn't shut us down you know so that's a lot of uh definitely a lot of roots style kind of uh kind of gigging you know just really try to keep it within a certain circuit you know so but it's kind of grew over time um there's still not much of a metal scene here but you know uh, there's there are more metal bands that have come out of here recently so yeah has the uh, tribe been more, uh, I guess, accepting for letting you guys host metal shows? Uh, up until the pandemic hit, yes. Uh, obviously, with uh, the pandemic, you know, a lot of you know restrictions went into place, so we can't have these shows right now. Especially with you know the Delta variant being out there and our numbers increasing again. So before that, we used to do uh, these annual um, Halloween shows. We used to call it Cookie Fest because. Uh, um, we we have this song. It's called Cookies, and it's kind of a, a parody. You know, it's uh, it's not so much we're making fun of death metal, but you know, just kind of the vocals and whatnot. You know, like uh, I, I I approached these guys one day. I'm like, you know, it'd be kind of funny if we wrote a song that was like heavy and awesome, but it was strictly you know, there's like the Cookie Monster singing. You know, so so my buddy Joe went and ran with that, and it was a pretty funny song. But people actually end up liking it, so they like you know. Um, Quentin, you want to tell them about how it kind of grew in sort of different ways? Oh, yeah. We're going through it. Um, <laughs> there's a part on there that they told me to do, like, Count Dracula, you know, that one. Uh, so <laughs> I was like, all right. So I did that. And we listened to it again with it. And um, we had some people in Phoenix and Tempe who enjoyed it too. They shared it on their stations, their podcasts. And that's when people started hearing more about it. I mean, we had it out in the UK on one of the podcasts out there too as well. Yeah, uh, that kind of opened a lot of doors for us as far as like touring beyond the res, you know. Uh, touring it, you know, just gigging beyond the res. We, we started, you know, finding a lot more uh, opportunities to play and mostly in Phoenix, you know, uh, that surrounding Valley area. Um, a couple of uh, Couple of promoters from the Navajo Res got a hold of us for their for some of their events. Uh, we uh, played in Dulce for Alien Fest, uh, and I'm sure that's probably where you saw us. Was the most recent Alien Fest? But yeah, the, yeah, caught you guys there. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, the the previous Alien Fest that was in Dulce that was probably one of the part of the gigs we went to. You know, we we're kind of regional. You know, we haven't really had any gigs like in, in other parts of the country, just mostly like the Southwest. So. Yeah, when you uh, when you guys first started like writing your own material, uh, what were some of like your like early inspirations? I mean, it can either be metal or non-metal or even okay. non-musical. 
uh, like a lot of the inspiration, at least on the musical side of things for me was just, uh, like I was a big, I'm still a big fan of Metallica. So there was a thrash aspect to it. Uh, we're all fans of corn. So we were, you know, we had, we tuned low, we used seven string guitars so, and five string basses. So, um, and then, you know, uh, just basically I was still, you know, kind of finding my way and, you know, just uh, really just kind of hashing out some riffs and trying to make it, you know, uh, flow is the biggest thing with me. Um, there's some music out there that sounds really good, you know, it's going really cool, and then they do this really crazy breakdown, which just kills the momentum. Um, not putting any, uh, not putting any bands down for that, but that was just something that, that just kind of turned me off personally. So I always said, you know, if I write my own music, I'm not going to do that because. I feel like you kind of, uh, you know, you kind of, uh, kind of ruining the vibe a little bit. At least, you know, that's my personal opinion. I'm not saying it's correct, but uh, for for me musically, that's where my um, inspirations was coming from. Quentin, uh, more touch on your lyrical inspiration. Uh, my lyrical inspiration, well, it comes from um, my personal personal feelings, things that happened in my life, things that happened personally, you know. I'm more of a like a, a new metal kind of guy, but from the way I sing and everything, it like it's like totally far from that. So, my my inspiration, I would say, was um, you know like 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 corn and all that, and lyric lyrics kind of kind of go fall 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 with that too as well. But I always wrote lyrics since I was in high school. You know, I had this whole booklet filled with lyrics, and like I have so many that. I have that I lost <laughs> like a whole book so <laughs> and then I can our buddy Joe he's also one of the guys who writes uh lyric you know writes me that writes the lyrics for some of the music I write um but he uh he definitely has the the you know the more heavier extremer background he's more of like a fan of cannibal courts DSI which is you know if you hear Joe sing you know he's got that really that uh, the death, yeah, the death yeah, metal vocals. Guttural, yeah. So yeah, those are his some of his inspirations. So like like going back to cookies again when we were writing that, he was like like just like, dude, this is so awesome because I kinda, you know, really get to, you know, do something that really caters to his vocal style. So so that's some of our inspirations right there. Yeah. Um I was able to just kind of look on your um like Facebook page and I saw uh, a lot of the cookie fest uh, flyers and videos. So was that like an annual thing or was that something that you did? Like, uh... it was, it was, um, yeah, we used to do it annually every, you know, it was right around Halloween and we had a whole lot of fun with it. It was basically, uh, since there was really virtually no uh, metal presence here, we would, um, we would do this free show and that's, that's, that was the thing that we just kind of, um, made sure that it had to be, it was a free show because, when you start charging people for a show around here, especially something that's new, you know, you're not going to get much of an audience. And um, um, so when we set that up, that was one of our first goals. But uh, we would invite different bands, you know, bands we've met, uh, bands we've uh, did some gigs with, you know, from out of town just to come in and play. We would pay them to. So, so a lot of this was just out of our own pocket, um, you know, just our way of just kind of creating this awareness that, you know, 
doesn't have to always be country. Doesn't always have to be gospel or reggae. You know that was that, that's kind of was taken off for a while here too. You know we just wanted to give somebody a chance to listen to something that was a little more aggressive, a little heavier. You know just just so that there was that awareness that you know if you're here and you're a musician, you don't have to cater to these other platforms. You know there's there's also another platform. So it was just our opportunity to really. Uh, get people involved without having them having to risk anything like financially, like trying to pay for a show basically. Uh, so we would, we would have these bands come in and we would uh, always do it around Halloween. So we'd have like a costume contest. We gave prizes away, you know, uh, one year what we gave away at PS4. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a pretty good turnout, you know, and it started developing a reputation. People were really kind of like, Hey, when's the next cookie fest coming through, you know? So, so we started, um, you know, it started gaining momentum and then the pandemic happened and that kind of just shut everything down. And so we're just basically abiding our time right now before we can do that again. Yeah, no, that's, that's cool. You guys like sound really like, you know, motivated, um, especially keeping the, the band for 10 years and putting, promoting your own shows. Um, like, uh, what, what kind of, what keeps you motivated to like, you know, invest your, like time and energy, like, cause uh, well, the only reason I'm asking is cause a lot of bands, you know, don't last very long or, you know, aren't, uh, a lot of them aren't active for very, for very long, but, um, what, uh, what keeps you guys motivated? Um, just the sheer music, you know, sheer joy playing music. Um, you know, we all know that this is basically our hobby, you know, it's not our livelihood at least not yet, <laughs> hopefully one day, <laughs> but, um, you know, for the most part, you know, we have day jobs. Uh, I go go to my day job. Joe goes his day job. Quentin goes his day job. So, uh, so this is just uh, a, a hobby for us. It was, it's a passion. You know, it's something obviously we feel very passionate about. Uh, I'm hoping it's something that can take us somewhere one day, you know. But, uh, and it has in its own way, you know. Uh, there's parts of this the Southwest, Southwest region that I haven't seen before up until we started gigging, you know, so. So it definitely um, has opened up some opportunities to us, but, but what it comes down to is why we've been doing this for so long is just we enjoy the music. Uh, like I said, it's really, uh, there's not really anyone doing anything, you know, like what we're doing around here. Um, like, you know, it's, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty rare, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So, you know, that's what keeps us going. And we've had, you know, there have been some bands that have started up here, but, you know, they dissipated over the years. Members moved away or they grew up and had families, you know, so. You know, this is just, you know, just our passion and our hobby. That's why it probably lasted so long. Yeah, and I like how you mentioned that, you know, you're trying to keep the metal scene alive, too, and just uh, have it available for people uh, at the White Mountain uh, Apache tribe area. Yeah. So that uh, that's that's really cool. I really like. I really respect that that you're keeping the keeping the scene going. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, quick. So I you know was digging into um, some music from Tribal Kills. I did find the Reverb Nation and the the tracks on Reverb Nation. But um, yeah. did you guys uh ha- do you guys have like a full album or what was it like your first uh like a musical release? Yeah, we've had quite a few songs, but um. 
I had talked to a few bands and they said that, you know, you really want to capitalize on uh, a single, so to speak, you know? So when you have your full catalog available online in, in the format that we do right now, uh, it kind of can work against you, you know, it can, like, especially if you're trying to create that, uh, that interest and like if people have access to everything right away, you know, eventually that interest starts dissipating. We saw that at first, you know, we used to have, uh, like, like at least an album or two's worth of music, you know, just stuff we put online. And, you know, um, we pulled it back because, you know, we wanted to focus more on our newer songs for starters. Um, but at the same time, we wanted to not, basically not overload, you know, uh, the audience, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure, and I still, you know, some do reach out to me like, hey, what happened to, like, Cookies, the song Cookies, you know, what happened to Fall of Man, you know, all these other songs, and, uh, you know, eventually I'll put them out back up there, but at the, at right now we're just focusing mostly on the newer material, um, we released them uh, over time, you know, uh, we, we've got three songs right now, but um, that's not the whole, you know, what, what we're working on right now, but it's just what we want to put out there publicly right now but um yeah uh and you know if anyone is still interested in what we've done before i can always you know that what what we liked about using reverb nation is um it kind of helped us eliminate scalpers or well well uh how would you call them you know people who know piraters or something or yeah, yeah, yeah piraters or, yeah yeah so so we would put our music on there but we it's a free you know free format that's another reason why we don't have too much content out there too is because again it's free uh so we've seen how that like there there's there's something to be said when you're going to a location and you see someone bootlegging your album you know um and it's kind of funny because well it's flattering for starters because they're willing to put that effort into it but at the same time you know we don't get nothing back from that so i was like you know I think I can beat them at their own games. I'm going to make it free. So that way, if someone's trying to charge for material, you know, that's ours, you know, they can always just get it for free straight from the source, you know? So that's, that's kind of why we kind of pulled a lot of things off the Reverb Nation. One of, one of the reasons. Okay. Yeah. No, a lot of the bands I talked to, they have stuff um, that's available for streaming. Um, and so I, I especially during the pandemic when there was no shows, I, I found a lot of bands just streaming on Spotify or like whatever I was watching on YouTube. Like sometimes I would just let a video or let a song play, then just something will play right after. Then I'll like pick up on some, uh, some bands I never heard of or something yeah. that other people are similar are liking that, you know, are watching or listening to the similar stuff that I am. Yeah. Um, and then uh, one, I wanted to ask, um, for those who haven't heard Tribal Kills, like, how would you, like, describe your, like, the sound or the type of, um, I guess, the type of metal you play? Um, so, we're, we're kind of, we're not really, you know, we don't try to, like, limit ourselves too much to, like, a particular genre in metal. You know, we have, we have more mellow songs, we have harder songs, you know, more de metal type of songs. So, we're, we kind of, we have like somewhat of a variety, you know, we try to focus a little more on the heavier side, but we do have some softer songs from the past. Uh, so we, we try to just kind of have variety. Like we have three vocalists and one of the vocalists, but I don't sing much. Clinton's one of the main vocalists and Joe's the other main vocalist. So I kind of more or less, I back them up, you know, uh, they have quite a few songs that they sing on and I have like maybe two, 
<laughs> you know, so, so, um, so we try to keep it varied, you know, we, we just try to, you know, we don't want to tie ourselves down too much to one particular sound. Like our very first song was a slow one. Our very first song was a slow song. Yeah, it was, uh, um, and I'll probably put this library in snow. Yeah. So I'll probably put that back on the reverb nation, you know, well, now that I think about it, I probably should put this all back. Cause it's probably out there already. You know, um, my buddy Joe was telling me that there's a, I guess this pirate site called MP3 juices, but, uh, um, apparently all of our previous catalog is on there already. So I guess really there's no point in me not putting it back on the website. So <laughs> people want to, you know, look for it. They can actually find it, you know, so yeah uh you know just from what i heard from the the music on reverb nation the three songs end times fire in the sky and darkness descends yeah it's really like really just heavy down tune really groovy that's what i really yeah. like like yeah thanks man that, yeah. that's what i'm going for is like i've always liked the kind of songs where you get people standing there just like yeah yeah you know <laughs> that's that's like my my uh personal goal is just to get people into the music, you know, get them bobbing their head a little bit. They want to mosh, that's cool. They want to, you know, crowd surf or maybe one day, you know, they get to that point. <laughs> but for the most part, it's all just about, you know, just making sure that they can feel what we're doing too, you know? Yeah, the the first song, End Times, uh, uh, it starts out with, uh, is that um, like an audio sample from, from Trump? Yeah, um, see, the end times is actually an older song that I didn't put oh, out right okay. away. So, but I kind of was going for this kind of like uh, the, the the little EP that we call it is the calamity EP. It's basically telling a story of like how the you know because it, it's funny because uh, I wrote the music a couple years ago, you know, before the pandemic really took off, you know, and right when we were getting around to doing the vocals, that's when COVID started becoming you know, a global concern. It was spreading among continents. So when I was writing end times, it was more or less like kind of the descent of into chaos, you know, like sort of again, like the end times, you know, the whole thing with, uh, um, you, you know, there's one lyric in there that says, uh, you know, hatred, murder, no life further, racist, fascist, killed the masses. You know, it's kind of that's kind of telling a story, basically the fall of society, so to speak. And then uh, the second song, um, Fire, in the Sky. Fire in the Sky. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, this is probably not, uh, I mean, I was thinking like, you know, I grew up um, like in the nineties and there's that movie Fire in the Sky. Was that, yeah, was there yeah. any, yeah, any yeah. kind of like uh, inspiration there? When, um, um, I, I don't think so. You know, I, I thought about it and I saw the title and, um, you know, I just started writing it. It was, when I wrote it, it's just more about like, I guess what we're going through right now, what we went through the past year. Cause there's a lyric in there that says sickness in the air as I bleed, you know, just kind of going along with what everything that, that we've been going through. So I, I tried, I tried to have like some sort of inspiration from it, but I, I didn't feel it. Yeah. I didn't have the right like, words. When I, when I sent the song to Quentin originally, it was called, uh, um, fire and forget you know it's kind of like basically uh sort of like the, the precursor to like nuclear warfare you know kind of like you know like we were like really thinking about like end of the world like you know what happens you know everything falls apart we're throwing nukes at each other you know that's kind of what the original idea was behind the song you know 
fire and forget, you know, like you push the button, the missile goes and that's, that's it, you know? So, but I, I like what he did with it because he kind of put a more modern spin on it because, uh, there's a lyric that goes COVID. Yeah. It means your soul or something. Soul. Yeah. Something. And I should mention that we both had COVID, you know, we, we both survived COVID. So, uh, you know, regardless of how you feel, please get vaccinated. <laughs> Yeah, I got I got um, hospitalized for that too. Yeah, he, oh, no. he, was, he was the first one, so we were like really like looking out for him. Like we call him, check on him, and then I got it. You know, so the guys definitely called and checked on me too. So, so um, yeah, it, it's a, it was a yeah, it was definitely relatable at that point. Um, and, well, I'm glad you guys uh, got through it. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so, and then the last song, uh, darkest. Descends. That's a song that I wrote with a uh, Joe. We were kind of collaborating on the lyrics with, so it was just kind of like a back and forth. But basically, that's kind of like uh, the idea. There is that okay, um, society collapses. We we throw bombs at each other. You know, it's kind of like uh, what is what is the end? You know, revelations. Yeah, kind of like the sort of revelations kind of vibe where like. Like, uh, you know, like when darker things start, you know, coming out of the earth, you know, that's kind of like what, what the title means, Darkness Descends, you know, it's like, uh, you know, um, all of a sudden now there's another thing that's that's going wrong in the world, you know, and, it, and you know, a lot of this is kind of like symbolic. It's not just straight up, you know, uh, end of the world, you know, religious whatnot when you think about it it can kind of be interpreted to what's going on right now too because you see granted there's not physical beings out there but you know there's a mentality with the uh with the um black lives matter you know uh the the, uh murder missing indigenous women all these all these uh social injustices that are coming to light you know the reaction to that from some people it's really ugly you know like they want to pretend like it doesn't exist they want you to like hey you know stop acting that like you know, you know they want to conceal these truths you know so that's definitely where like some of the music can kind of parallel there too so yeah no that's cool thanks for sharing all that um but yeah everyone should check out the that ep on reverb nation um it's and it's free i, I mean i that was I was kind of blown away. I was like, oh shit, that's free. That's, that's badass. <laughs> yeah, so please, you know, download it, share it, you know, um, just spread the word. <laughs> yeah, and then, um, you know, I try to do some research with uh, a lot of the ba- local, the bands I talked to, and um, one thing that I, I thought that was really cool was you guys did a, uh, like a video um, uh, about your, um, just getting to know the members, and was it with you, Quentin? You, got, you had like a lot of like the, of the collection of the figures and oh, yeah, yeah. like the Marvel and Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Quick question. Um, did you watch the new Mortal Kombat? Yes. I did. Yes. Nice. What'd you think of it? I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. Um, kind of hard at one of the characters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can't be more caught without a fatality. You know? <laughs> yeah. And then, um, I, so I, I, my only exposure to like Marvel and the Marvel universe is the movies, but, um, like, are you a pretty big, um, like, are you familiar with the Marvel, like outside of the films? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not too big. I just, you know, I'm, I, I like it. 
but I'm not wanting to like go out of my way to go dig and pay hundreds of dollars piece. He's <laughs> in all these old comic books, but yeah. I, I'm pretty much I, I know what, what it's about. <laughs> I enjoy the, the little stories I read here and there. He's got some pretty cool collectibles, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's cool. I, I like that. I like seeing that. Um, you guys going to do any more of those uh, types of uh, videos on the rest of the members? Yeah, um, you know, our buddy Joe's, he's not feeling well right now, but the talk was that he'd be the, the second episode, you know, just so people can kind of get an idea of who he is, you know, and obviously that'd be the last one, you know. Oh, COVID thing happened. Yeah, yeah. We were actually, yeah, we were like planning these out to air, you know, to to record them at a certain times, you know, before we, before COVID hit and then COVID hit and everything got shut down. We had to, you know, social distance and a lot of that kind of, we put on hold, you know. So as things become more available, obviously we're more than six feet and we're, we're less than six feet apart, but we're both vaccinated. So, <laughs> but, um, yeah, we, we do plan to eventually release some more content. Um, we're in the works of getting a music video professionally filmed right now. So we've got a friend of ours who does uh, music production in the Valley. So we're, we're looking to tap him for his uh, experience and, you know, to get this done because we're, We've seen his work and he does really good work. So shout out to Gavin at Soundphoria. Um, looking forward to hearing, you know, to working with you eventually in the future in the music video. <laughs> because, hey guys. Uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, right. Sorry. Uh, and the reason why I throw, you know, Gavin out there is he, he he's part of a group that runs this uh, site called Soundphoria, but they were really big and pushing our music, you know, on their own uh, uh, independent radio station and helping us get gigs, you know, so. So definitely, you know, I uh, would like to thank them for that as well. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, I was just going to ask, like, do you guys have any plans for any shows or live shows in the near future? Um, so right now we're, um, I've kind of put out a feeler to different promoters, you know, that we've worked with in the past before and some new ones, but uh, uh, it, re it really depends, you know, uh, lately what it's been in the past has been, you know, like more like a, gigs on reservations you know but um with most reservations having you know more stringent covid uh, restrictions obviously that's that's not really an option at the moment uh, as 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 this pandemic we're going through kind of we can navigate it more you know safely you know we can bring our numbers down um i'm hoping that will create more opportunities for us um yeah i've looked into some of our other gigs you know in the valley uh some you know, and so some promoters I'm waiting to hear back from. So right now we're not really pushing it too hard only because, you know, you know, if you look at the recent trends, numbers are going back up. So we're trying to be, I mean, we're eager, but we're trying to be safe about it as well. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of like just putting shows together, I've been asking uh, bands this uh, last few episodes, but um, if you were to put a show together with uh, tribal kills, like, what kind of bands would you put together? It could be like local or uh, national. Oh man, national! Jeez, uh, who wouldn't we pick? <laughs> man, if I could get Metallica to come up here and play on the res, yeah, that'd be that, that'd, that'd be a dream come true right there. <laughs> Mine would be corn. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's a very envious of the Navajo Nation because they actually had corn to yeah. play their you know res. So I thought that was really cool. And you know, we we do have some. You know, some people who are fans who are from the Napa Res, so, you know, shout out to your reservation for really promoting metal and not, you know, 
calling it, you know, not, 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 you know, kind of covering up, just kind of making it seem like it doesn't exist because yeah. certain other tribes aren't as fortunate. <laughs> so, um, but, um, yeah, if I were to put a show on Metallica would headline, you'd get corn kind of the, you know, I'm sure my buddy Joe would want Cannibal Corpse to be aside, you know? <laughs> yeah. But if we're talking like non, you know, like, like more like local bands, bands that we played with, um, uh, obviously, uh, Leon and the guys at Obsolete, really cool, chill dudes. They, they come and play Cookie Fest every once in a while too. So I would put them on the lineup. Um, Black Mountain. Black Mountain. They were pretty cool to see, you know, they really chill dudes too. We played a gig with them. Um, uh, Alchemy, you know, they're pretty cool. Uh, Bronson, um, shout out to him too. He's pretty cool. We, we uh, talk a lot, you know, about uh, gear and tech and music. So he's a pretty cool dude. Um, Celestial Exile. Celestial Exile. I forgot about those guys. Those guys are really cool. Um, they're from San Carlos. We've done a few shows with them. They're really starting to pick up momentum. So, um, and then they're made up of, uh, of some guys from another San Carlos metal band called Enemy Machine. You know, so so they're they're pretty cool dudes. We we jammed with them a few times. So um, definitely want to put those guys in the roster. So. Awesome. Yeah, so those are a few bands right there that you know nice. definitely sending a shout out to as well. Yeah, who who are some like White Mountain Apache uh, bands that you know play within your region, your local region? So as far as I'm aware, we're you know uh, are we talking like any genre or oh mostly metal, I guess. Yeah. Mostly metal. Okay, so we're kind of I'm not saying we're the only metal band, but we're kind of the only ones still here in White River. Um, there's another band I want to send a shout out to my buddy Michael and his brother Byron and their band, but their band is called Perseverance. They started out here in White River, uh, as I believe. I think they're now in St. Carlos. They used to be called uh, uh, Undead Washington. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, they're they're one of the uh, ones that we used to jam with quite a bit too. You know, in, the, in our earlier scene. So, so yeah, they're um, they're from here as well. Uh, I have a one of my younger. My my youngest brother, he used to have a uh, a band called From the Ashes that they used to jam after we practice. So they're not really around anymore, but they they were you know they more had that you know punk metal kind of vibe to them. So so that's the only bands I can really think of. Oh, that's right, uh, buddy. His name is Brandon. Uh, he had a band called Parasitic Decay. So and they were pretty heavy, you know. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Definitely got some good growling going on there. Some good seven eight string guitar riffs, I think. Yeah, so uh, yeah, uh, you know, the, and some of the bands that we're mentioning, you know, they we all kind of started close, uh, you know, in that same area. We kind of had the same startup time, but um, we're the only ones that still kind of flying the flag, so to speak. You know, uh, obviously, Perseverance is still around too. So, um, but th those are the only bands I can really think of from here that are really, you know you know, that really, that we are familiar with, that we've interacted with and shared the stage with, so to speak. Awesome. Um, and then, um, is there any, like, uh, like anything that you guys are like listening to that people should, uh, check out? Could be any, you know, any, any type of music. Hey? Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, 
on my end personally, I'm really digging the new Times of Grace album. So, you know, I'm a really big fan of Adam Dukovitz from Killswitch, you know. A really good, talented musician. Uh, so that's what I'm really... Uh, I'm, I'm the kind of guy who likes to listen to albums, you know, from start to finish. So, so you know, I'm not really a singles kind of guy. <laughs> big composer music. I like that a lot. So like James Horner, Steve Jabalco, Skitchell, Rese's name. And all that I'm, I'm pretty much into right now. John Zimmer's, yeah, you know, Zimmer's pretty cool. That's the stuff I'm into right now. So you seem to kind of tell that we have a lot of different influences too. <laughs> yeah. Um, my buddy Joe, he's kind of turned me on to this band. Uh, well, I, I know they're, they're pretty popular right now, but called Johnny Booth, you know, so I'm starting to listen to some of that too. Um, and what else is Joe listening to these days? <laughs> Yeah, I wish I wish he was here to you know to weigh in. Um, me and Quinn, you know, we're more like reserved. Where Quinn's more introverted than I am. I'm a little more fifty-fifty. But Joe is definitely the outro, the extrovert guy. You know, he'll go out there and you know if you watch the video, our YouTube video from our set, he's out there just making jokes and whatnot. He's he's the real people person of the day, you know. Yeah, I remember he, he uh, his uh, green chili burrito joke was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, he um, he's definitely kind of like the life in the party, you know, as far as travel kills goes. It's a real shame he's not here, you know. But uh, he's like I said, he's not feeling well, so we don't want to. Person to be here. <laughs> I'm right. sure if he was here, he would have said something extremely embarrassing. Yeah. yeah. So, like, yeah, was like, you, you just say that, you know, but that's, that's Joe, you know, that's one thing you gotta love about him. You know? Awesome. Um, but yeah, you guys really, uh, answered a lot of my questions. Um, do you guys have any like, uh, announcements or anything you wanted to make, uh, before I, uh, stop the recording? Um, just that, you know, we're, we're continuously working on music. It's something that's always, a progress, but you know, we're, we're, um, I'm always writing the music and I show it to the guys, you know, I give them, you know, some time to work on the lyrics. Then we get together. So there'll be, there'll be new material coming out eventually. I can't say when, because, you know, COVID and whatnot, but if, you know, we'll, we'll definitely put out some new music and, uh, Hopefully that music video too. yeah, the, the music video definitely is coming and we want to, you know, as, you know, as, one obviously do more shows it's just it's kind of one thing that's out of our control at the moment Drop 
Thanks again to Tribal Kills members Daryl and Quentin for letting me talk with them. And be sure to check out that EP on their Reverb Nation page. And yeah, just keep supporting Tribal Kills. All right, I just want to take a moment now to pay some respects to Joey Jordison, ex-drummer uh, of Slipknot, who passed away on July 26. Um, yeah, you know, I was a real new metal kid growing up. Uh, Slipknot were one of my all-time favorite bands, you know, in junior high and high school. And, you know, I still listen to them today. My last uh, Slipknot show was the, um, like, the Knotfest Road Show two years ago with uh, Behemoth, Gojira, Volbeat. Obviously, Joey Jordison wasn't in the band at that time. He had been replaced by Jay Weinberg uh, back in 2013. But um, kind of going back to how I got into Slipknot, I, you know, like anyone at that time, just saw people, you know, rocking the Slipknot shirts. And I used to read a lot of, like, Hit Parader um, metal magazines I used to pick up at, like, Safeway. And, you know, they would feature Slipknot in the magazines and, you know, just seeing their masks and jumpsuits, you know, really, you know, really just, you know, piqued my interest and... You know, it was weird and kind of creepy at that time, but yeah, I just, you know, was really into them and um, heard a couple of their songs, you know, just from, you know, relatives and, you know, people that uh, went to school in um, Joseph City. And uh, it wasn't until I got their first album, um, I believe I got it from the uh, BMG Columbia House mail order, you know, the 12 CDs for a penny. Um, so that was my first uh, kind of exposure and how I got into the first Slipknot album. But I was really into that album. And, you know, getting those um, Hip Parader magazines, they had like t-shirt catalogs from, I think, like Rockabilia. And so, yeah, I remember just like begging my mom to order me a Slipknot shirt. And um, she agreed, which was which was awesome. So thank you, mom. Yeah. And then it was back before, like, there was, like, Hot Topic um, merch from, you know, Slipknot that was readily available. But I used to wear that shirt a lot, you know, I was super introverted, but, you know, I felt like, you know, wearing that shirt gave me, like, superpowers, which probably sounds kind of dumb. But, yeah, I was really into them. You know, their their first album, it's a classic, um, but I think it wasn't until the Iowa album that fucking just blew the blew the door down for them uh not only commercially but musically i think that's probably their heaviest album and i don't think they'll ever top that album um yeah just listening to that first 
you know, six, seven songs of the Iowa album. Like it just, it just, it's blistering and just goes hard. Uh, some of the songs I like, Disaster Peace, Heretic Anthem, People Equal Shit. Um, yeah, dude, it just goes hard. Um, and then Joey Jordison kicked ass on that album. Their next album, The Subliminal Verses, I believe that came out in 2004. Um, you know, it wasn't as heavy, you know, I think it was probably more uh, commercial. I think at that time they were getting more, more and more like, um, I guess, friendly, uh, radio friendly, um, MTV friendly, um, which was cool. You know, they had some heavy songs, but you know, they, you you could tell like on, um, you know, they started to go a little bit more commercial. And then um, the last album that Joey and Paul Gray played on was the 2008 um, album All Hope Is Gone, uh, which if you look at that album, it's, you know, probably not as cohesive and doesn't flow as well as the first two albums. Um, Kerrang! Magazine does a really good feature on each of the Slipknot albums. They kind of go a little bit more in depth and, you know, kind of provide some more, like, context of the of the album, but... Yeah, that album, you know, obviously the since it's Joey and Paul Gray's last um, last featured album, you know, it's still important in Slipknot history. But you know, it's you know, it's probably not their strongest. But um, I believe uh, 2013 is when Joey got um, replaced by Jane Weinberg, and I believe there were some health reasons why he couldn't play in um, Slipknot. Um, I think after Slipknot, Joey had another project called Scar the Martyr. He put out one album and then that project ended and then he started working on another project called Vimic, but they have yet to release any material, which I'm sure they'll get uh, expedited release now that Joey recently passed. So yeah, respect for Joey Jordison. Also, I forgot to mention his other band, Murder Dolls. I never got too much into them, so I can't really say much about the albums that he put out for them. But one of my favorite projects that Joey ever worked on was the Roadrunner United album that came out in 2005. On the album, there was four songwriters who wrote four or five songs each. There was Joey Jordison, Matt Heafy from Trivium, Rob Flynn from Machine Head, and Dino Casares from Fear Factory. The album really showcased Joey's ability to write the music and the style that he was inspired. He wrote a death metal song with Glenn Benton from D-Side, uh, some blues rock songs with like Life of Agony vocalist and I believe the Glassjaw vocalist. And then he does the last song with Peter Steele from Typo Negative. So it's like a Typo Negative type of song. But my favorite song that he wrote on that album was the song Constitution Down with Exhorter's vocalist. Yeah, that song is so heavy. It's sludgy, bluesy, has some cool death metal riffing in the beginning. So I'll play that, and hopefully I don't get flagged for it. Check it out. Rest in peace, Joey Jordison.